0: Welcome, everybody, to Mom Street USA. My name is Jackie, aka Wishes Mama, and joining me is my wonderful co host, Kate, aka the Disney Cicerone. And this evening, we are starting the first of a three part episode series um, where we will be highlighting um, one day park strategies. Um, so, think about if you've only got one day and you want to get the most out of your day. Um, what is a good strategy for that? So uh, that's our hope is to give you that information so you can be, be more successful on your trips. Um, and we're excited to share it with you tonight.
1: Yeah. And this is um, we're, we decided to break this up so that we do two parks per episode uh, mm-hmm. just because that makes a nice even number. between Disney World and Disneyland and uh, Jackie was so kind as to say hey Kate maybe you should do Disneyland first since you're going to be headed to Europe soon and you probably need time to plan for that and she's right so um, so tonight we're going to talk about Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure Um, and specifically this is a little tough because one day strategy for California Adventure is not actually not that hard but Disneyland it's It's virtually impossible to see everything in Disneyland in a day, especially with kids like you're just not going to get to everything. So the way that I broke it up and everything is kind of like, here are some things you should probably do in the morning, afternoon and evening. So depending on your budget, um, if you are trying to save some money and, you know, you've had to scrimp and save to go on that trip and you just really can't do Genie Plus, we've got some options for you so that you're not waiting in line every day. And also maybe if you're like, I just wanna save as much time as possible and I've got the funds for it. We've got some things for Genie Plus as well. Um, Do you wanna mention
0: our Genie Plus episode that we recently did? Yeah, so just a few episodes ago, we did a whole in-depth dive on Genie Plus and how it works and what it is. But just a quick recap, um, Genie Plus is the system that you can purchase at Disneyland and Disney World um, that allows you to make your lines quite a bit shorter. Um, So it is something that you do have to have a good strategy to utilize to be able to make the most out of everything that you would like to do. Um, But we talked about the ins and outs about how to book and when to book and modifying and all of that type of stuff a few episodes ago. So if you want that deep dive information when it comes to park strategy, check out that episode first and then come back to us if you're someone who's watching this or listening to this later on after we're done being live. Um, That will give you your basis of what you need to know and then being able to Piggyback onto that will be what Kate has for us tonight about the West Coast parks. That way, we can utilize those that information to the best of your ability.
1: Yeah, I think it was episode thirty-five in our Mom Street uh, USA podcast. It's also on our YouTube for Mom Street USA. So either way, you would like to uh, view or listen to that podcast. Um, then we have that for you. So uh, it really is a very detailed episode of all the things of Genie+. Plus. And Jackie, I'm going to say it, Jackie is an expert at Genie+. Plus. <laughs> she's used it so many times, not just when she's gone herself, but also for other people. She knows exactly how to
0: use it and use it well. I actually helped our good friend tour guide Barbie a little bit when she was just out in Disneyland, just kind of playing around, so to speak, in the app to just see kind of how it compares to what we, you know, she and I are very, very familiar with the Disney World version of that. Um, And we found them to be very, very similar um, as far as once you're in it and you're booking and if you want to modify or adjust things, um, things seem to be fairly easy as far as that's concerned, as far as there's not a lot that you have to learn new if you're someone who's used to the Disney World system using the Disneyland system. Right, exactly right. so and yes that is episode 35 by the way I just wanted to double check and make sure that we had that (laughs) right in case so that way people aren't (laughs) searching for it I knew it wasn't too far back there but yep episode 35 (laughs)
1: <laughs> um I will say before I get started I have some just general Disneyland notes so I'm going to start in Disneyland um and then we'll go to DCA after um Dis- I'm going to use that for Disney's Disney California Adventure it used to be Disney's California Adventure they dropped the S and it's just nah, I'm just gonna say DCA because it's just easier for my brain I had no um, idea they dropped the S in the name yeah like officially I'm trying to remember when I want to say 2008 hmm. 2018 I feel like there was an eight in there anyway they did officially drop the S from the name so now it's Disney California Adventure because they just some people didn't I don't I don't know why it didn't really matter either way people still call it DCA so it's fine (laughs) anyway so some general Disneyland notes as we jump into this um I will say that Disneyland gets progressively more busy as the day goes on so it's different in Disney World in that way because Disneyland is a locals park so the locals when they get off of work they come to disneyland which is also why it tends to be open to like 11 or midnight it's open way later than the disney world parks although i have to say disney world used to be open later in the summer
0: yeah not anymore post closure yeah it, it, they've they're they they shortened it a lot and then they've been slowly expanding it back it's out like and bit. occasionally in the summer you will get some of those like 11 p.m or midnight nights Um, But they also did away with those extra magic hours that were in the evening, which was what a lot of us remember being in the parks until 1 or 2 a.m. That's right. Yeah. With that. So it feels a lot shorter now because we lost some of that extra time as well. It's just so interesting because I'm so
1: used to having all those, like you go and take an extended break in the room and you come back and you have like the whole night. It's like a whole other park day and that's not necessarily true anymore. So it's kind of a bummer. But anyway back to Disneyland. Uh, (laughs) um, So because Disneyland gets progressively more busy as the day goes on, those morning hours are absolutely golden. You do not want to miss rope drop if you are visiting Disneyland. Obviously, if you're a local and you're just going after work, you're not going to go in the morning. But this is for people who are visiting Disneyland. Do not miss the morning hours. And um, I will say, I know there's a lot of like, starbucks lovers out there but please please i beg of you do not waste your morning in the <laughs> starbucks line just don't do it friends like and i have to I, you know and I, it's always like one of my biggest pet peeves and of course as soon as i go to disney world with my husband elliot and like we're rolling up to magic kingdom he's like the only thing i was like i just want to get a nitro cold brew at starbucks and walk down main street and i was like we are not doing that first thing i'm sorry <laughs> like we will find you're time gonna, gonna have to that. wait <laughs> It's like we will do that eventually, but we are not doing that right now. And I was like, that is like the biggest rookie mistake ever. And so, yeah, <laughs> come, no, on, don't do that. come on,
0: It's like, what are we doing? I'm like, no. <laughs> well, because you weren't, you didn't have kids with you. So he was like, we don't have to rush around as much. <laughs> yeah.
1: And Dr. Jackson says just mobile order it. That wasn't an option when we were in Disney World for mobile order for Starbucks that we saw. So Mm -hmm. um, it could be in Disneyland. I haven't tried it. At World,
0: (laughs) just side note, you can only mobile order at the Disney Springs location. Yeah, that's what I think. I don't think any of the other locations in the parks allow you to mobile order.
1: Yeah. Um, And Lem says, to be fair, you could get Starbees before even early park entry. That's true. Um, so mm-hmm. Disneyland, yes, you could get a mobile order in Disneyland if you arrive there super early and you have time. But if you have access to any part of the park, don't waste your time at Starbucks. That's all I'm saying. Just, <laughs> I'm off
0: my soapbox now. Especially uh, if you've only got one day. Because remember, we yes. are we are on a time crunch here. We've <laughs> only got one day to get it all in. Just get your coffee before
1: you go. That's all. Exactly. You know, that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying don't get coffee. Just Or just do it mid-morning when it starts to get busy in the parks. Because it does usually around... 10 30 11 it gets it does start to pick up in the parks because those people who didn't want to get up early are now finally rolling into the gates and that is true, disneyland disney world it's a little bit more true in disney world than in disneyland because disneyland stays a little bit less crowds longer in the day Mm -hmm. (laughs) um so virtually all of it's virtually impossible to do all of disneyland in a day i would say like if you didn't have kids and you paid for all the Genie Plus things and all the individual lightning lanes, and you just wanted to go for it, yeah, sure, you could do that. But we are talking about doing the parks with kids, and that would be really tough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, I will say so also, when we were talking about mobile order, I'd also say take advantage of using mobile order for quick service um I think people are starting to do it now for Disneyland more when it first came to Disneyland people were not using it at all because the locals were just used to standing in line which was so funny to me so I was like I'll just bypass them and go pick up my food (laughs) um but yeah so make sure you use mobile order just as a general note um and also uh something that's different at Disneyland large portion of fantasy land and also toontown closes in the evenings when they do fireworks so they physically block it off like everything um from the carousel over to the castle so you can think of uh, mr toad peter pan snow white pinocchio and the carousel itself are all completely blocked off from about 8 to 10 15 every night so you won't have access to those rides then and the same thing with toontown they also close toontown around 8 and then open it back up um, around that same time so take that into account as you plan don't plan to go on those attractions during that time so that being said those are my general disneyland notes <laughs> for strategy <laughs> Uh, and then with Genie Plus, these are my Genie Plus notes as we dig into a Genie Plus strategy. Um, like we said, the system works pretty similarly to the way it does at Disney World. So if you're familiar with the way Genie Plus works in Disney World, you're going to be like, this is pretty much the same thing and be happy. Um, but the difference is you can't book, you can't buy or book Genie Plus until you enter through the turnstiles. So you have to have to physically be in the park before you can book anything. Another reason you should probably get in the parks early because that helps with that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You should be able to do all 12 Genie Plus rides in a day except when crowds are maybe like 9 to 10. Uh, Then you might get like 8 to 10 Genie Plus rides instead. So it is possible to use pretty much all of them unless they go down, which like Indiana Jones goes down and things like that. You know, you might, that's a thing. And that doesn't include the individual lightning lane rides which in disneyland are uh, rise of the resistance and mickey and minnie's runaway railway so that being said (laughs) um my with my i my recommendation is to arrive uh at least 40 minutes before the official park opening time and because they don't have those scanners you just walk through they physically inspect every single bag so wow keep that in mind (laughs) it takes a little extra time to get through security sometimes depending on the crowd levels if it's not that crowded that
0: day it won't be that bad but those morning lines can take a long time um and I will mention really quick before we hop into like do this first do this second that type of thing do keep in mind that although we mentioned that genie plus is almost identical in system when it comes to cross the parks um there are a more significant amount of rides at Disneyland that are not included in Genie Plus, and I know Kate, you'll probably talk about which one of those don't have a Genie Plus option and those types of things. But um, do keep in mind that where you see at Disney World, it's like 95 to 98 percent of your attractions. It's not quite that high at Disneyland. Um, so there are some rides that you're going to really want to pay attention to that you just you don't have the option to use Genie Plus with. So keep that That's in stupid. mind as we work towards our day.
1: (laughs) And a lot of that is because Disneyland is an older park. Remember, a lot of these rides, if they're not all the way back from 1955, they're at least back from like the Fantasyland rides are back from the 1980s. And there just isn't physical room for them to put in. I mean, I'm sure they would put in one if they could, but there just isn't space to put one. So they do have an option for like DAS returns and stuff. Usually they go in the exit of those uh, those rides that are in Fantasyland. But yeah. That's why a lot of them just don't, don't have that option. So, um, I am trying to remember, this is my fault. Cause I did not look this up. I don't usually buy individual lightning lanes because they're very expensive. It is, isn't it just one individual lightning lane per day? Is that is it? So
0: at Disney world, you can do two per day um but let's see I'll let you look that up while I chat I've never tried to buy
1: them there because it's like I'm just not gonna spend the money for something I go too often but right. um so first I'm gonna say arrive at least 40 minutes before park opening time and then after you enter the park the first I hate saying this because it's like you should be taking in the ambiance of the park but after you kind of breathe and say hey I'm here I'm on Main Street and I'm enjoying find a bench there's lots of them there sit down <laughs> buy your genie plus, um, and then you can book your first, if you're going to use an individual lightning lane, which is in like a la carte option. Um, I probably would book it for rise of the resistance
0: first. And did you find an answer for that? Yes. So, um, it does say guests may purchase and select the next available arrival window for up to two attractions per day with the individual lightning lanes. So you said, we, wait a minute, you say we can yes, have both. Up to two, <laughs> up, to <laughs> two up to two <laughs> per day. Len said something and it distracted lightning me <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> yes. What so promise I would so say? Same, same that we have it at, at Disney World. You can do, you can purchase up to two individual Lightning Lanes per person per day. So that, then that's all of there there is then for
1: um, Disneyland. So you could, you could get both of your individual Lightning Lanes if you're going to do that. The price for those though is depends on the day and how much crowds there are and it's 15 to 25 dollars per person per ride so you get one ride and you have to pay per person which is why I don't buy them because they're very expensive but if Mm -hmm. your time is extremely valuable and you want to ride them without any weight well with a little bit of a weight (laughs) that would be the best option for you and for some people that's not a big deal and some of us are like I can't ever do that so (laughs) um (laughs) so uh, buy your individual lightning lane um for whatever you would like and then just know that those will just be worked into your days with whatever return time you get plus time for your first ride uh which is i would recommend either space mountain or indiana jones first with a a leaning more towards space if you have a lot of littles that are with you that you're like we're not going to ride space mountain they're not into it or whatever then you know or Indiana Jones for that matter like you might not want to do both so I have an order for which you should book the attractions for Genie Plus based on how fast their return time goes in the day this is where Disneyland differentiates significantly from Disney World in that they just don't run out that fast right you can probably still get space until early evening most days unless it's super, super crowded, but because it could run out those, you should, these are the, this is the order that it runs out the fastest, Mm -hmm. usually. This is all statistically based. So the order that you should book is Space Mountain, Indiana Jones, Matterhorn Bobsleds, Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run, Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, Roger Rabbit's Cartoon Spin, Haunted Mansion. Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters, Star Tours, It's a Small World, and then Optopia. and usually those last couple ones you're probably not going to need because you probably are going to get on them, but, um, and again, you can get to all these in a day if you remember to book on time. I usually <laughs> set an alarm in my phone that will go off when it's time to
0: book another one because otherwise I forget. Because who's who's paying attention to that? Yeah. <laughs> and keep in mind, some of these you may or may not need. Um, but those—that is your extensive list of what is included. Correct on your Genie Plus for Disneyland. Yes. Yep.
1: That's all. Those. Those are all the Genie Plus attractions, and then individual light ones are uh, individual Lightning Lanes, are Rise of the Resistance, and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. I think on what you count as an attraction there's 29 attractions at disneyland it's a lot (laughs) that's i'm like so as we go through the rest of this list i i'm recommending things for morning afternoon and evening based on um and i'm not including any of these things on this list that are on the genie plus one because this is assuming you're gonna book Genie Plus as they come and they'll give you a return time and then you'll go to them. So I'm not including them as when to recommend on this list. We'll get to that in our next section. So that being said, <laughs> um, I think I'm gonna pause here really quick and say if it's overwhelming to keep all of that organized, because it can be, I, I'm not this is not a paid promotion at all, but for years I have used touring plans and I think that they are pretty spectacular for keeping track of all of this if you're not used to it at all. If you're kind of a veteran like sometimes you just know what to do and you you roll with it but um, they, I think Touring Plans is great because you can plug in your return times and you can create an itinerary. You can put in your meal times if you have any reservations or where you want to eat. You can even put in break times and
0: then it will optimize your day based on current wait times, which is pretty fabulous. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome to have. It would be nice if the Disney app actually functioned that way, wouldn't it? (laughs) It would be. Yeah, so Touring Plans is an app, but it's also on a
1: website and they're the ones that do the unofficial guides to Disney, like the books if you've ever seen them. Mm -hmm. And I think if you get the book, you actually do get a little discount on their subscription it's a subscription service, but it's yearly. And I think the Disney World one is like 18 and change and the Disneyland yes. one's like 15 and change. It's not that much for an entire year. If you're going to go, it's worth it for your vacation to plan. Um, so I, I would recommend touring plans if you're just kind of a newbie and you're trying to figure it out. Because if you're just on your computer, on a laptop or whatever, and then you can pull up the it's a DLR lines, I think is what it's called in, as an app. And, mm-hmm. and Disney World has its own. Disney World is better than the Disneyland one, if I'm honest. They have two different ones. <laughs> There's, it's, just, it's just nicer, but they still function the same. Um, and it's really helpful to plan and to put your day together if you want to be super organized and also optimize it so you're waiting in line
0: the least amount of time. So keep that in mind. Yeah. And it's always helpful to know, okay, if you've got these lightning lane time set or this one set like okay what makes sense for me to like fill in the gaps basically is the trickiest part of when it comes to these itineraries you know you can hope to get these certain times with genie plus but a lot of times you've got to be flexible you're either going to be flexible you're going to be on your phone trying to modify while you're walking around the park so it just really depends on which way you want to try to swing it Um, but having that list in order and also based on location is super helpful to have
1: Yeah, and they also have it where you can change if you want to do less walking or less waiting or like a balance of both, which I think is or and the pace that you're going to go if you want to go really fast and you know your family can move quickly, you can do the little slider and put it that way if you know you're going to need more time if you just like to go slower or if you have somebody in your party that, that is maybe having a harder time walking or whatever, you know, it's nice that there's that you can make those accommodations for your family and it adjusts it accordingly and it will give you all the times that are wait times in between times ride times it's very detailed (laughs) So all of you type a personalities for (laughs) this is what you want to get. So yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so anyway, let's jump into it knowing that you've possibly booked all your individual lightning lanes for the day if you do not want to uh book an individual lightning lane for rise of the resistance I would recommend going towards the end of the, day. It be final end of the day because they do close that queue earlier than the rest of the park in Disneyland so it's not like most of the rest of the rides where it stays open till close and you have the last second to jump in line they don't do that there so I believe sometimes the line can close as early as 8 p.m so you just want to get over there in the evening hours, uh, when everybody's starting to congregate for like shows and stuff is a good time to go over to Rise because that back end of the park gets a little bit less busy during that time. So that's what I'd recommend if you don't want to buy an individual individual Lightning Lane for that. And pretty much a similar thing to uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, although they do keep the queue open later for that. All right. So you're, you've, you've gotten your individual Lightning Lanes if you or not, <laughs> you've booked your GD Plus ride <laughs> for the day. I would always, always, always recommend you start in Fantasyland, full stop. Don't even consider anything else, especially if you have kids. (laughs) If you've got older kids that are like over the dark rides or whatever, which makes me sad, if that's true, um, then then you want to go to the left side of the park and do uh, things like uh, Indiana Jones and stuff like that go left instead of right like left is always right at Disney remember <laughs> uh, but I would always recommend you start in Fantasyland because these are all slow loading rides and they will have lines virtually all day in the parks so the morning is your best time to get on them with some uh, lower wait times essentially and you can really knock out like a whole bunch of them they're right next to each other it doesn't take very much time and they're very short rides as well so I've done like almost all of them in an hour and a half, I think was mm-hmm. it. So it's it's great. And there's a ton there. So this is Alice in Wonderland is usually where I head first because that line does get long pretty quickly. Dumbo, uh, Snow White's Enchanted Wish, King Arthur Carousel. I think you could probably put that one at the end of the list. Uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and then Casey Jr. Circus Train um, and Storybook Land Canal Boats, which I'd say if you're short on time, Maybe pick one between Casey Jr. and Storybook Land Canal Boats and all you fantasy land purists out there can be mad at me, but they're they're not the same ride, but they're similar because they wind around each other. So you're going to see kind of the same thing. So it depends if you want to have a little bit more of an exciting little train ride or you want to have a slow moving boat ride with storytelling that's your, your, <laughs> that's, that's your choice. But yeah, I would say if you were short on time, maybe pick one or the other, um, and then come back to the other one if you have time later in the evening. But yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So one I, I don't usually recommend starting it with the fantasy land is everybody goes to Peter Pan first thing. Um, and you can, you can do that. I've done that, but usually even first thing, because so many people rope drop it, It ends up being like an instant, like 30, 45 minute wait. And you're just, and you lose all that time to do all those other rides without a wait. So if you do Peter Pan, maybe do it at the end of that list of those, but it's still probably going to be pretty high up there. Usually touring plans recommends me do it like, um, more towards like the dinner hour into the, like, but before Mm -hmm. they close it for, you know, uh, fireworks or after when they reopen it after fireworks is usually when I'm recommended to do that. So Um, yeah, so morning in Fantasyland, do all those slow moving, um, low capacity rides is what we call them because they don't have any sort of omnimover system. It's like they stop and they load like two people and then they go and it's not, it just takes forever. So a lot of people that ask me, what are their recommendations for lunch? So I thought I'd just throw in, this is not a, a food episode, but I'll just throw in, uh, good places for families to have lunch. Jolly Holiday Bakery is always my favorite. Um, and it's so easily accessed because it's in the hub so it doesn't matter where land you're in it's pretty easy to get to otherwise I'd also recommend for kids I don't love the food at the hungry bear 100% like I I will say I have loved it in the past last time I had something there I was I did not like it but they have mm-hmm. some things that are okay and they have some good food for kids. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um,
1: but the seating is exceptional because you can, there's a lot of it, uh, there's a lot of it in the shade. And one side, the Ra- Disneyland railroad goes by and the other side, the Columbia sailing ship and the Mark Twain go by. So no matter where you're seated, you know, your kids get to watch these boats go by, which is really fun. So yeah. I recommend it for kids for that reason. <laughs> Um, just be aware if you have somebody with some sensory needs that if the Columbia sailing ship is running, sometimes they will shoot the cannon over in that area. And uh, it can be a little bit startling. So just, just to keep that in mind. So those are my recommendations for lunch in Disneyland proper. There's lots of other great places to eat in Disneyland and Tiana's will be open soon. Hopefully they'll have some really great food for that as well. But for now, um,
0: that's what I would recommend. And if you're looking for snacks, we've done several episodes that included food and snacks in all of the parks. So just scroll back in our episode list and find all of our snack suggestions if you're looking for just to kind of snack along the way if you're (laughs) on the run off to the next ride. (laughs) Yeah, we have some really great
1: snacks in Disneyland, too. And I did mention... Uh, if you just want to grab a quick bite, but you don't want to do a sit down, I would say tropical hideaway or Bengal barbecue are your best bets for that. And they're both in Adventureland. I my kind of favorite hack is to get my food at Bengal barbecue and then carry it over to tropical hideaway. They basically stuffed a like place to eat inside an old store <laughs> in the like bizarre area in uh, in Adventureland. So it's just like not it's not it's inside ish, (laughs) but it's not like the best place. So what you're saying is it's fine, but, (laughs) (laughs) but if I wanted like a really nice experience of where to eat, I would go and take it over to tropical hideaway because you have Rosita there, the bird that talks to you and tells jokes and the, the music is top notch and they've got tiki torches and it's just really lovely. So, um, but we'll see once tiana opens that might be another place to recommend i did like uh, the food they used to have there at the french market so i'm hopeful hopeful we'll have some good food there I would hope um, so too. <laughs> okay so morning we're in fantasy land and we have some lunch uh in the afternoon you're gonna do non genie plus rides that don't have super long waits <laughs> and this is hard to predict because it depends on the crowd level in the park yeah. sometimes if the crowds are low Jungle Cruise doesn't necessarily have a super long line all day. If it does have a long line, sometimes if you wait a little while and come back, it'll be short. It's just kind of this weird thing where it kind of fluctuates during the day. Um, Winnie the Pooh also usually doesn't have tremendously long lines unless it's a really busy day. Toontown, with a caveat that not going on any of the rides is a good place to bum around. Especially with Littles, it's a good place to uh, explore their new play area that they have there, which is fantastic. They've got yeah, it's really a re- really, really big slide. They've got this little bridge that makes sounds when you run over it. They have a bunch of little things on the ground for them to, to like follow. And then they have, uh, inside Goofy's house. There's like this whole, like, I want to say bubble gum machine. It's like has a bunch of little balls that go all over the place. It's fun. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say, um, Head to Toontown to just, you know, get some energy out is a good, good but Toontown notoriously doesn't have very much shade, so keep that in mind. There's also Mickey and Minnie's house. You can walk through Mickey's house without meeting Mickey if it's a huge wait. You don't have to meet Mickey. You can just walk through the house and see all of his stuff um, or you can go and meet the characters as well if that's something your kids really want to do. Uh, So Toontown's a good place to go. Also, I would say Tom Sawyer Island is a wonderful place to escape to in the afternoons when the crowds get a little overwhelming because uh, the kids can really run around and play a whole lot there. There's caves to explore. There's um, pirate ship theme. It's pirate slayer themed and so and it's it's just kind of a nice getaway from the the hustle bustle of the parks. So I definitely recommend that. So that's kind of like afternoon time and remember your other return times for genie plus will be sprinkled in amongst these things so that wouldn't be all you'd do in the afternoon i'd also put in there i forgot to add (laughs) that uh enchanted tiki room would be perfect for the afternoon so um that never has a wait i mean you have to wait till the next show and that's pretty much it so that's an adventure land and that's a a great place to go and cool off to if it's hot outside or Lincoln, yes, thank you, Conductor Jackson, appreciate that. Uh, Yeah, Lincoln, great moments with Mr. Lincoln that's on Main Street. And I'd also say Main Street vehicles are a great one. They run most of the day in Disneyland. Uh, Unlike Disney World, they kind of shut those down for the afternoon. But um, yeah, anything that's on Main Street, there's a little theater there as well where you can go in and see classic Mickey cartoons. So that's a great place to go and uh, not have a wait or ride the Disneyland railroad. (laughs) which is also usually has a little bit of a weight by the afternoon because everybody's tired but it's a great one with kids to uh, get off your feet and my kids have often taken naps on there we'll just you know i'll just hold them and we'll ride around and it's you know
0: we stop every so often but
1: the sway helps put them to sleep so
0: and i will say something like the train is also helpful if you're trying to manipulate sometimes and, and move some stuff around doing something like the train in the meantime can be helpful if so that way you're not just like standing around waiting. So hop on the train, you can do whatever you need while your kiddos are enjoying the ride and looking around. Um, So something like that. I would not suggest doing that in a show just because, you know, screen in the dark room, but something like the train would be perfect for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So then into the evening, I would recommend for the rides that we have left, um, this is when you would do pirates of the caribbean is not a genie plus attraction so i would i'd never recommend this in the middle of the day because that line can get so long it in disneyland it goes out out of the queue and then up the ramp and like over it so if the line goes up on the ramp over it just wait it will get shorter (laughs) eventually (laughs) unless the crowds are really really bad um that just don't don't do that because in the evening it will it will go down and this is all also I should mention this is implying in this itinerary that you're not going to go see fireworks so taking advantage of those evening times when people are going to go see the night shows both uh the fireworks show and world of color some people will hop and go see world of color in dca so this plan does not neither of these plans includes that so just fyi <laughs> um, So you might have to pick and choose is all I'm saying. So, uh, in the evening, I'd recommend Pirates. Uh, this is when you can come back and do Peter Pan's flight, but only after they've reopened it after fireworks or before they close it. Um, and also ending your day with Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, if you did not get an individual lightning lane. So I'm gonna breathe for a second. <laughs> That's a lot perfect. of information. Yeah, because I
0: had a couple <laughs> questions that I was hanging on to um, that people were asking about. Um, the first question we had over here was um, wondering about if the Disney World and Disneyland app are the same. Are two separate? They function the same way. There's little tiny differences between the two and like where you might find something between the two, Um, but both are going to give you wait times. Both are going to be how you do all of your Genie Plus. You're going to be able to mobile order. Um, All of that is available um, on both. So if you're familiar with the Disney World app, the Disneyland app is super easy to use as far as that's concerned. Hope's asking which two apps.
1: So we have Walt Disney World Resort has an app and then Disneyland Resort has its app, its own app. So they're two different apps. They look similar, though, when you open them up, they have similar features to them. So yeah. if you're familiar with one, you'll probably
0: understand the other one fairly easily. Yeah. And keep in mind the Disney World app is going to show up as My Disney Experience um, which is unfortunate because the word world doesn't exist <laughs> in that title, which is why a lot of people get confused mm-hmm. Because they just assume it's all Disney. Yeah, it's not so my Disney experience is your Disney world App for everything you need in Disney World, and then the Disneyland app is just called the Disneyland app, which is very helpful. Yeah, (laughs) Um, that's true. Those are going to be the ones that we're talking about now. Kate also did mention earlier the Touring Plans app, which is a separate (laughs) third-party. It keeps me more apps. (laughs) All the apps, (laughs) Um, and that one is the one that Kate was talking about that you can utilize the computer and the app to kind of help with your itinerary. So those are the apps that we've been mentioning. Um, The other question that I had, and Kate, I'm not 100% sure, but someone was asking if the Peter Pan ride is identical in Disneyland and Disney World.
1: That's a great question. It is not identical. It's a little bit longer in Disney World and has a longer uh, Neverland scene that you actually fly over Neverland in, like, more close up, I would say. Disneyland flies over Neverland from, like, you're up in the sky and there's all these stars around, which makes it actually really magical. um, They did import the same scene with the boat, uh, the Jolly Roger, the boat, the the pirate (laughs) (laughs) ship, Jolly Roger, at the end, they put that scene, it originally was in Disney World, and then they, when they did the 1983 remodel, they added it to Disneyland, so it'll look really similar, but Disneyland's had some additional updates where there's extra pixie dust through things, so they're not identical, Disney World's a little bit longer, Um, if you haven't been on the Disneyland version, I'd recommend you do it because it's different, Um, Mm -hmm. mainly for that flying over uh, flying over the
0: um, Neverland scene with all the stars is actually pretty magical so and I will say I know if you're not that anyone asked about the queue but the queues are also vastly different Um, so if that's something that like if you're someone who loves the Disney World queue with all the little like lights and Tinkerbell flying around and all that that is not what they have at Disneyland it's very different
1: They do have a little scavenger hunt so if you use the disney play app uh with your kids they have these little things that are in the wood everywhere (laughs) yeah (laughs) another app um they have all these different uh little things that are hidden throughout the queues that the kids can look for uh in the app so and you can even do it without the app just seeing how many items you can find because they had to do something for kids in that line because it's just really boring but there's if you use your disney play app that's also how you can get the lantern with tinkerbell to light up that's in the queue a lot of people don't realize what that is, and I see people trying to like push buttons and stuff on it. I was like, you have to use your Disney Play app to make it. <laughs> so, um, I have a couple of questions over here. Um, is Rise identical in both? And the answer is pretty much yes. Like the the ride experience is identical. Mm-hmm. Um, it will you'll. Sometimes when I go to get Guardi- Galaxy not Guardians of the Galaxy. Sometimes when I go to Galaxy's Edge and Disneyland, I literally think I'm in Florida because it's so similar. So are magic bands needed in land? They're not needed. A lot of people do not use them. They have special readers on their magic band they where you scan your magic band. <laughs> they have a little slot in it that you can actually stick your phone in and it will scan your park ticket in your app uh to get you and use you not get you wow i can't talk i've been talking a lot um, <laughs> it will allow you access to that area mm-hmm. as if you had a magic band however you can use magic band plus the ones that light up you can use those at disneyland and you can use the same one at disney world you just have to make sure they're registered in your app so you can't use the older versions that don't light up they don't work mm-hmm. at disneyland but if you register the ones that light up, you can actually use those ones at Disneyland. And I, I have
0: enjoyed using mine there when I use Genie Plus because it's convenient.
1: So you don't have to Yeah,
0: use I would say if you're using Genie Plus, you definitely want to either have a Magic Band Plus or have your phone set up to be ready to go. Don't try to mess with a card or anything like that because it's just too much in and out, especially if you're doing just one day and you're hustling between these rides. Um, You want to make sure that whatever you have is easily accessible. Um, I will also mention that I know several of us have used like apple watches for magic bands before that is not an option at disneyland currently um, hopefully it will be at some point but um so for those of you that maybe have used your apple watch or smartwatch as your um, park ticket at world that's not something you can do at land
1: and i do have a question from tracy saying they they're. um what is the best hotel we did uh, a whole series on the best hotels in the disney parks and we included disneyland in that Um, but I would I always recommend if you're staying on property I recommend California uh, Grand Californian is my favorite to stay on property staying off property I recommend almost anything on Harbor Boulevard is usually pretty good which is the road that runs like parallel to Disneyland Resort Um, most of them have been renovated motels so they're not like super fancy necessarily but they're they're quality clean stays which is what you need and the howard johnson's always a really
0: popular one with kids too because they have a little water park that's attached to it so yeah and if you're looking for more about that we did several episodes based on budget um so we did kind of like value prices moderate prices and deluxe prices so those are episodes six seven Wait no, six, eight, nine, and ten. <laughs> I was like, wait, that wasn't right. So six, <laughs> eight, nine, and ten are the ones that you're looking for if you want more um, information about hotels based on your budget. And like Kate said, there it's Disney World and Land in the same episode, so you can fast forward and rewind as needed. <laughs> Yeah, I
1: think my biggest advice with that is if you're staying with kids, try to stay closer to the Harbour Boulevard entrance to the park because Mm -hmm. you'll walk less. At the end of the day, walking less is great for everybody. So just saying. Um, So are we do you have any more questions or should we move on? I think I'm good on my end. (laughs) Okay. so let's do a Disneyland day if you're not going to buy Genie Plus. I will say that if you're not going to buy Genie Plus, you're going to get less done in your day, just full stop, unless the parks are virtually empty, which just like never is anymore. So (laughs) again, I'm going to recommend you get there first thing in the morning, arrive at least 40 minutes before park opening so that you can rope drop, which if you're not familiar with that term means they kind of have a rope You know, they have a a section where you're standing behind, waiting for them to open that section. That's why we call it rope drop. I would recommend you head for Rise of Resistance first, um, if that's something that is a huge priority for you, but only if it's a huge priority for you. (laughs) Don't do it if you're like, eh, I could take or leave it. I don't, I'm not into Star Wars or whatever. Just don't, because it will take a significant amount of your time. And it's going to look like the line is ridiculously long when you get there like i think we had to go in like the third entrance is where the line stretched to so it was basically the length of, <laughs> of, of uh, uh, the galaxy's edge and you know it's going to seem like this is crazy it's going to take forever but in the morning it actually moves as long as it's running it will move pretty quickly <laughs> i know it takes a while to warm up and sometimes it doesn't always work right it's just a complicated right but and that's the same on both coasts <laughs> <laughs> um but if it, is, if it is up and running and working, get in that line, it will probably be, a, you know, depending on the day, 50-ish minutes, maybe less than an hour. Um, and then you're going to do, after that, you can then go do those Fantasyland slow loading rides. Because even if it takes you an hour, but you got there right when the park opened, you can still hit a lot of those Fantasyland rides while the wait times are low. Um, so I would again do the same same thing, Alice and the Elephant Ride and <laughs> Snow White's Enchanted Wish and Matterhorn. I'm going to throw that in because that was one that was a Genie Plus attraction. You can ride the Matterhorn with Rider Switch um, if you have littles that don't measure up or are or too scared to ride because it's, it's a roller coaster. Um, Rider Switch we've talked about before, but essentially you can have you can go approach the cast member who's at the front, um, and they, and say, we want to do ride or switch. And usually they'll, in a coat, they have, each ride, I feel like has a different way of doing it, but sometimes they'll give you like a physical pass. And then once th- that person is through, then you can switch your child. The other person stays with the child mm-hmm. and this person usually can have at least one other person come with them. Sometimes it's been up to three in the past. It, uh, sometimes it changes. It sometimes it says on your pass how many people it will admit. So, you know, I hate to be so vague about it, but it it just really depends on the the attraction, the park. It, yeah, so um, just yeah. ask a cast member if you don't know how to do it or don't don't know. Just go to the front of the attraction and say, "We would like to do rider switch. Is that possible?" And then they'll help walk you through it.
0: So, yeah, yeah, easy peasy. Yeah. <laughs> and just a quick note about Rider Switch. I know we're talking non-Genie Plus, but if you are using Rider Switch with Genie Plus, um, I would suggest talking to the cast member about, especially on a day where you only have one day in the park, about making sure that everybody taps in before you get your Rider Swap, which sounds a little crazy, but everyone on your party is going to have to tap in or, you know, use your phone whatever you're doing it to the ride before you're going to be eligible to book your next one. Yeah, so make to. sure that you talk to the cast member if you're using Genie Plus and Rider Switch because you want to make sure that you're not stuck waiting on two cycles of that queue before you can book your next ride. Yeah, so keep that is. in mind. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think about that because I haven't had to use Rider Switch in a long time. Yeah, so and okay. I haven't either. But it someone asked me that question and like Bart, our friend tour guide Barbie and I were like discussing it the other day about but it's because I was wondering whether or not Rider Switch had anything to do with it, but they're completely separate systems. So you wanna make sure that even if you're even if you're using Genie Plus, I would still do the Rider Switch because it's gonna let you book your next lightning lane faster. Yeah. I hope oh, that makes great <laughs> <No, that totally laughs> made sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Hopefully it's a lot. And and you know, I'm thinking back in our Genie Plus episode but there were too many other things to talk, to talk about when it comes to Genie Plus. There. So just keep that in mind
1: yeah um okay so you're doing your fantasy land rides we got to the matterhorn um and i'll put in this caveat that like if nobody wants to do these big rides just don't just skip them you know go to the next thing (laughs) um if you're not interested in any of these rides you're probably going to have to pick and choose which one of these you want to do anyway because you will not get to everything in the park so as always, we recommend everybody says, what is it you want to do the most and make your list of like your priorities and then mm-hmm. take those out of each of these sections of the day and be like, we're going to try to get to these ones. And then anything else is just bonus beyond that. So, yeah. um, all right. The Carousel, Mr. Toad, Casey Juniors, Or Storybook Land Canal Boats. Again, uh, pick one because of pretty much very similar, uh, attractions because of what you see. Um, and then Small World is another one I'm going to recommend for the morning, before those lines do tend to get long in the afternoon. Um, they do go down again in the evening, but there's a whole bunch of other rides I recommend for the evening. So I'm kind of putting it in the morning side uh, for that reason. This was of course that um, we started in Fantasyland. This was after Rise. I kind of put Indiana Jones here, but I'm gonna tell you, if you don't do Indiana Jones like first thing in the day or kind of last thing at night, it's just gonna have a long wait. It just will. So. Just accept it (laughs) if you use the touring plans app to see when they recommend you should ride because some days it makes sense to do it at different times. So I will just say that because even doing in the afternoon, it's going to have a really long wait. I just was like, I don't even know where to put this because if you're going to Fantasyland in the morning, I tried to do it that was more family friendly and not all kids want to go in Indiana Jones. My kids are still a little bit terrified of it. So that's why I put in the afternoon in case you wanted to do that. Uh, And same with Jungle Cruise, like we talked about before, it can kind of its weights can kind of go up and down and depending on the day. So I put it in the afternoon, but that one might also be one you need to come back to later. Uh, I'd also put Big Thunder Mountain Railroad in the afternoon and uh, Smuggler's Run as well. Um, These you're just going to have to probably pick, pick your favorite out of some of these because the weights will be a little bit longer. Then the same ones I recommended before, Winnie the Pooh. Toontown, this is where I would do Mad Tea Party because it doesn't have a long wait most of the day. Sometimes it can get a little longer in the afternoons, but I think you can still probably do it then. Uh, Pinocchio, Tom Sawyer Island, Enchanted Tiki Room, the Mark Twain and Columbia Sailing Sailing Ship. So those are great afternoon activities that don't have waits. Except for waiting for the boat to come around. Um, great moments with Mr. Lincoln, Main Street vehicles, and also, if they're running, the Davy Crockett Explorer canoes, <laughs> which is a little controversial because some people refuse to go in them. <laughs> but they're so unique because you get right down on the water and you. Yeah. see it some the rivers of america from a really different
0: point of view and it's it doesn't little, run on a track it's a little terrifying <laughs> I'm not gonna lie the thought of being in a canoe and being kind of at the mercy of the other people in the canoe with you <laughs> And if nobody goes in the canoe, those two cast
1: members they have there are so strong, they'll literally pull you through the water if nobody else paddles and everybody does because they feel bad. Right. So, right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, what's wrong with the canoes is a lot of people just refuse to go on them because you have to work. It actually is a canoe. It's free floating. It's a self powered ride. <laughs> so you have to canoe and paddle your way through the rivers of America. It's actually quite fun to do and they tell hilarious jokes. It's like the jungle cruise, but with canoes. Uh, So it's very funny. If you get somebody in front of you, especially like sometimes a little kid, you'll get a little bit wet because they'll splash you with the water from the Rivers of America. So it's not everybody's favorite ride for that reason. But
0: I like the canoes, I will stand it every time. So I'll stand on the shore and enjoy everyone else enjoying the canoes. It
1: is fun to watch them struggle though as they come around because everybody's tired at like halfway through
0: and nobody wants to go any further, right? Especially like in the middle of the afternoon or towards the evening, which is where you have them right before dinner on our plan here i'm I'm not canoeing it right before dinner i am i am ready for a break (laughs) well i have
1: it like when the sun is starting to wane so you're not in the bright sun you don't want to do it like high noon so i didn't put it like right after lunch because nobody wants to do it right after lunch so you do
0: it when you yeah it's a workout (laughs) i have several people on my side of the chat that are like nope no thanks (laughs) but it was um
1: in it was there from 1955, I believe. I have to go back and double check. But it's been there for a long time. It was originally had a different name before it became Davy Crockett Explorer Canoes. And it used to have like a whole section that had rapids in it that you would go through, which was kind of cool. And I know like fake rapids, no, like no. not real ones. <laughs> no. <laughs> they don't have it getting... anymore. It's fine. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: Anyway, then it is time for dinner. Um, again, I recommend the same places. I do also, there's. A couple places with reservations, I also recommend if you can get a reservation, sometimes you can do a day of walk up. I like Cafe Orleans is a great one. Um, even my kids found stuff that they like to eat there. Um, and then, gosh, there's a couple other places, I'd say Carnation Cafe over on Main Street is a classic that was one that Walt really enjoyed, so they have some of his favorite dishes there. That's a great place to eat. And Plaza Inn is always kind of a winner too. They've got uh, really great fried chicken and stuff. So, um, but. I always go back to, you know, kind of the same old places because that's what I'm used to. I don't recommend the Red Rose Tavern. I wanted to say Pinocchio Village House. That's what it used to be. The uh, yeah. Red Rose Tavern, I it is family friendly. So if you like flatbread and things like that, it's like Pin- Pinocchio Village House. It's got a similar menu mm-hmm. except it has the gray stuff and stuff like that. But um, it's probably not one of my favorite places to eat as an adult. I've eaten there several times and I'm always kind of sad when I eat mm-hmm. there. So
0: but it's air conditioned and indoors so you know but i feel like you've got, got so many better options like don't settle for it know, especially not at disneyland, disneyland.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't settle friends yeah, and then it's yeah. also blue bayou if you really want to splurge and you can get into it usually if you haven't don't have a reservation go to blue bayou first thing in the morning and try to see if you can get a walk up uh, for that day, that's your best bet for trying to get a reservation at Blue Bayou, and that is the restaurant that is inside Pirates of the Caribbean. So you're floating by in a boat, and you're seeing all the people eating next to you. It's like pe- perpetual twilight, and it's actually quite wonderful place to eat. The food is not as good as it used to be, but the atmosphere is top notch. So that's Asia? another place you could eat. Um, finishing up things to do in the evening, I will say. I don't know. I put Indiana Jones here, too, because I was like, I don't know where to stick Indiana Jones. So uh, (laughs) but definitely once everybody starts going over for fireworks, usually drop pretty drastically during that time. So that is a time they're not that far from each other. You can knock out both of those. Um, It's also a good time in the evening to do Autopia if your kids really want to do that or you really want to do that, because there's a lot less waiting and a lot less standing in the sun because a lot of that it's just hot to stand in line for that. Uh, another good time to do Star Tours, Space Mountain is still pretty long at this time of day, but sometimes it, it gets a little lower when everybody goes to the shows. Um, there's Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters, that has a pretty long line in the afternoon, but once everybody starts heading into Firework Land, those wait times can drop really low. So, um, and this is also when you can do Peter Pan's Flight again, be mindful that it closes for Fireworks and... Uh, same with Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin because it's in Toontown, and then Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. I kind of like close out the day with that if that if I was doing it. Um That's a great ride to close out the day with, you know, seeing yeah. Tubby.
0: So I know he's the last little character you see as you exit, my little buddy. <laughs> so,
1: I know that was a lot of information for Disneyland. So if my best advice for a Disneyland strategy is do the do Fantasyland first, do rides that don't have much of a wait in the afternoon do everything else kind of at the end of the day that's kind of like Fantasyland, <laughs> no waits everything else at the end of the that, that that's it and it's a long day so again choose what you like to do for that and uh yeah there are some single rider uh attractions at Disneyland um I feel like the space one went away. Someone's saying single rider for space. I don't remember the space mountain one being open because I feel like that one disappeared. But if you are, we used to have one for splash as well. Just always remember if you go in the single rider line, they're going to split up your party. (laughs) Yes. And also Matterhorn is a great
0: one for single rider. Like I do that. Yeah. Smugglers run Matterhorn and Space Mountain are the three for Disneyland that have single rider options. Thank you, Jackie. Uh,
1: So, yeah, I would say last time I was on Matterhorn, like the people that were in the single rider line, they're just like, but we want to stay together. He's my son. And they're just like, the cast member is like, you could tell it was like barely contained rage, And I'm like. (laughs) he's like
0: i'm sorry it's the single rider single line. rider line <laughs> yep it's so like, like an hour and
1: a half wait if you want right. to ride together <laughs> right.
0: and like you're welcome you can wait in line with them but when you get to the front you may get lucky one in 25 chances that you end up in the same car but yeah it's not not usually that's chances not that are works. not not that great
1: <laughs> so if you need to ride with your kiddo don't go in the single rider line that's all yes. get off myself and also keep
0: in mind that they have age restrictions for some of that stuff too um so single riders i think it's like 12 or 13 but i could be wrong i would have to
1: yeah i don't know offhand because i've never tried it um so yeah that's my that's my main strategy for disneyland and uh disneyland again you're just pick and choose what it is you want to do the most and don't try to do it all because, especially with kids, it's just, it's too much. <laughs> I don't even, I tried to do as many rides as I could in a day just to get footage the other day. and I was worn out and I still didn't get to everything. I got to most of it, but not all of it. It's just a lot.
0: The internet is saying guests under the age of seven may not ride alone and should be accompanied by a person age 14 or older. Oh, that's not for sure. But I would say 14 and up then for like single rider, if you're worried about. Yeah, I think I think they do like I think eight, though,
1: like eight year olds can ride by themselves. From what I know, I always thought eight was really low. So 14 sounds great to me. (laughs) But yeah, Um, while you look that up, I'm going to hop on over to DCA. That is Disney California Adventure no s <laughs> um and we're gonna i have a few general park notes for dca okay wait Conductor Jackson says if the child is at least seven years old they can write on their own that's what i thought so they have to be like if they're under seven they can't ride on their own
0: that's what i'm thinking too so yeah so i guess if they're eight and older they would be able to
1: I know. For as a mom, mm. I'm like,
0: Mm-mm. I don't think so.
1: <laughs> I guess
0: it depends on your child. There's some really mature eight-year-olds yeah. out there. Mm. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but like those rides that have single rider are not tame rides. Smuggler's Run, the Matterhorn, and Space Mountain. So, like, if your eight-year-old can handle being on that attraction, let alone being alone without a family member on that attraction, that's a big if
1: (laughs) i don't know for for me
0: it's like a for me personally as a mom
1: i just don't feel comfortable having my child around like riding with potential strangers next to them on some of these attractions especially like space mountain you're next physically next Mm -hmm. to somebody and i just you just don't know who that person is and they're especially they're in they're in the dark they're like they're i'm like i just can't yeah i would not No, not for me, but some, every parent is different and no judgment. (laughs) Um, But that being said, no, no, your kiddo. Yeah. And no judgment. Every kiddo is different. Every family is different. Every parenting situation is different. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, It does. It does depend. Like Kathy's saying, you know, her is an eight year old, yes. Her daughter's an eight year old. No times are
0: different. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree to that too. Yeah. And Allie Beth said over here, better safe than sorry. And that's exactly it. Like as a parent taking your kid, you know, you, you really have to decide you're in a very busy public place. Is it something that you're okay with or not?
1: Well, and then I also think about my eight-year-old getting off the ride, potentially, like I would probably have to go first and then they would have to go behind me because I'd want to be there to kind of like catch them afterwards. Otherwise, they're waiting for me alone in the park. Right. <laughs> it was like, oh, that I don't feel comfortable with that. I mean, right. when it comes to like my 12, 13-year-old, like that's a different story. Eight, I think, is still pretty young, so depends anyway real mom (laughs) talk there for a minute sorry uh you can what you can do it's all your personal that those are the official park rules you do you and your family and what works for you so we'll say that disney california adventure let's head over there this park is so much easier to do in a day and it used to be like a half day park but they've added so many things to it that now it really is a full day adventure if you want to get to most of the things that are in it Um, again the same. Rules applies to Disneyland. Get there early because it gets progressively busy as the day busier as the day goes on. And I'd say sometimes this park gets even a little bit more busy because a lot of the locals go there for eating and atmosphere and things like that in the evenings for dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to watch World of Color, which is the big old water show that they have, which I recommend if you've never seen it before, be sure you see World of Color. And I really love it. But world of color is really spectacular. So go see that Um, you can get a free virtual queue for world of color at noon so that that is in your app. If you're familiar with virtual queues,
0: (laughs) so basically what the virtual queue does is exactly what it sounds like. It virtually holds your place in line um, and it helps you be able to guarantee an entry to whatever it is that you're looking for. Um, Most of the time. I shouldn't say most of the times a lot of the time virtual queue rides do not have standby um, but like world of color is a little bit of a different beast just because it's a show versus like a specific attraction um, but basically you're going to go on your app a couple different ways you can find it you can find it just on the home page of your app if you scroll down it'll give you that option you can also find it on your tip board if you're using genie plus um, but basically you just go in get your party all situated in the app make sure everybody's included and then um, kate and i have talked about kind of the tip And trick of doing this, check your internet speed. Make sure you've got good internet speed. um, And then basically um, using like a world clock, double check your timing. And then for the, you know, 15 to 20, 30 seconds before it hits, just start tapping the refresh button. It'll automatically turn into the join queue button and you just keep tapping and tapping and tapping tapping and (laughs) and don't stop. Um, And then it'll eventually kick you a somewhat randomized, somewhat the sooner you're in, the lower number you get for your group number. Um, And then in the app, they will call your group number when it is your turn to enter either the queue, if it were to be a ride or the seating area that they have blocked or standing area that they have blocked off for World of Color. It's like color coded. So they'll give you a show and they'll give you like a color and then you go to that section. get out. Um, For World of Color, you don't have to use the virtual queue um it's not something where like if you don't use a virtual queue you're not going to get in like if you think of virtual queues for like cosmic rewind or tron at disney world um so it's not the same as that but it just gives you like early entry in specific areas that you're going to be allowed to stand in
1: yeah it gives you a better view of the show you know from more of a a front-facing area so i would definitely recommend having it if you've never seen world of color if world of color is not a priority oftentimes you can watch from some areas around the lagoon anyway and still see a big portion of it so don't stress if you forgot <laughs> and it's closed or whatever uh, but it is a nice thing to have if you've never seen it before so noon world of color and i believe i think if you have are a park hopper i think you can still book that from disneyland um yes for... when
0: yes when we looked up virtual queues yes you are able to book from either park as long as you have, if you're in Disneyland, as long as you have a park hopper, it will be, you'll be eligible to book it on the app.
1: Yeah, so you don't have to physically walk over to
0: California Adventure. You just have to be checked into one of the parks Yes. by noon. You have to be in the parks to book that one. So it's not something you can book from your resort or from standing outside the gates. You have to be physically tapped into the parks. Yes,
1: and also a note, just like Disneyland has the areas that close for fireworks the same is true for disney i was gonna say disney world for california adventure <laughs> um california adventure the pixar pier area not all the attractions close but a majority of them close one hour before the first world of color show don't wait till the end of the day to ride the Incredicoaster. coaster you're going to be very sad because it's close <laughs> um and also the the silly swings the golden zephyr which like I don't know who's riding that anyway. And the Big the Star Ball around, which is the big fer- <laughs> Ferris wheel. Um, and I got some like mixed reviews because I was trying to figure out if I like just never go in there that time of night because I'm like everything's probably close anyway. But Midway Mania may or may not be open. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. If anybody is a California person and they know it's for sure open during that time, because I always thought all of that stuff closed, but right. um, <laughs> what is the Golden Zephyr? Okay. So. <laughs> Those of you who are not familiar, uh, I'm going to say this quickly. So the California Adventure was like Michael Eisner Park, right? And they did it on a severe budget. (laughs) It was like ridiculous budget when it first opened uh, compared to what they were building overseas with like Tokyo, Disney and whatnot. The Imagineering team that had to work for California Adventure really didn't have any money to work with and they were encouraged to basically save as much as possible so they bought a lot of kind of like off-the-shelf rides <laughs> for this which is so opposite of what walt disney wanted so they made this like midway area and they have the silly symphony swing sing swings which was used to be like a giant orange and now it's more like the, the silly symphony swings with like mickey you know conducting a, a band um but they they had <laughs> um one of the rides they got was called the Golden Zephyr. And so it's like these uh, almost like spaceship looking things that are on wires. And then when it spins around, they like lift up. <laughs> Jackie's going to give us some visual aids. <laughs> they they lift off the ground and they swing around. Okay. So this is not, and if there's the lightest breeze, like a tiny breeze, they will not operate like at all, <laughs> literally just swinging around. It's not it's not anything so it's not anything to spend your time on unless there's literally nothing else to do i've done i've gone on it once and i was like once was enough for me for my lifetime so (laughs) it's up to you if you want to experience the golden zephyr but it does close during world of color (laughs) thanks jackie better visual because i was even like (laughs) i don't know that i know what that is even it's like it's like Astro Orbiter, but slow and with but, a giant boatload yeah. of people. So it's not exciting. It's just, <laughs> and, and apparently it's very expensive to maintain because like the cables and stuff that are on it like are only from one company or something. That's what I've heard. It's all I don't know if it's a hundred percent, but that's what I've heard.
0: So, um, <laughs> Becca Bella wrote over here. Golden Zephyr is thumbs down. Yes. <laughs> It, and they also have, like, the um,
1: jelly jumping jellyfish and stuff over there, which, like, uh, I think Jackie and I were talking about this the other day, similar to an attraction they have in Disneyland Paris. And I was like, nope, I've been on that. I'm good. I don't need to go on that again. So, <laughs> yep. Um, that sounds about right. <laughs> so Conductor Jackson says some of the attractions on certain days will stay open during World of Color, to his knowledge. And that's what I've heard, too. That's what I've researched. Like, I'm pretty sure the Incredicoaster – there's a couple times i've seen that they have tried running it during world of color but it's almost always closed so just don't depend on it being open uh the other thing is um under my general park notes for this one is radiator springs racers is a nightmare now for standby with the whole lightning lane genie plus situation it just is awful (laughs) so my personal story my tale of woe if you will is me with my little six-year-old at the time and she really wanted to ride it and we wanted to ride it together so I was like okay we're gonna tough it out and do standby we got in it was 45 minutes and I was like I could do 45 minutes I can tough it out it's fine and then as we stood in line they said your weight is now you know, is now an hour because of we're prioritizing Lightning Lanes. It's now an hour and a half. It's now It went up to 225-minute wait. Wow. And our line literally stopped moving for like a half hour. Uh-huh. And my daughter started to cry. She was like, I'm tired. I don't want to stand anymore. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. And it was so sad. It was the saddest moment for her. And of course we didn't. We went and did something else that was fun. She never got to go on at that trip because that, that's what happens with that ride, is that if they prioritize individual lightning lanes and they will they will—they oh, will always do that because they need to. So if you don't want to pay to go on that and you don't want your sad children like mine, <laughs> sometimes you can eat at the right time of day and you'll be fine, but I, that, that was my story and I don't ever want to relive it. And I don't want you guys to relive it. So my recommendation is wait until the end of the night right before the park closes get in the line then because no other individual lightning lanes can then enter the queue after that and it will move very quickly and the cast members want to go home so they want to get you (laughs) through the line so everything moves really fast at the end of the night and uh yeah this was radiator springs racers for those of you who are asking so radiator springs racers is the big um e-ticket attraction that's in radiator springs where and it's amazing you don't want to miss it it's a it's one of my favorite disney rides and it tells the whole story of cars and um and you it has a dark element to it and then it has a race at the end that's kind of like test track it's amazing so you definitely don't want to miss that but ride at park close all right so Another one of my park notes before I jump into our With Genie Plus itinerary, I would say one of my favorite traditions that most people don't know about if they're not Disneyland people is the Radiator Springs lighting ceremony that happens at sunset. So head on over to Radiator Springs. You can look up, just Google what time sunset is, and it happens within a couple of minutes of sunset. And they play Shaboom, Life Could Be a Dream, and uh the cast members dance with little flags and they have bubbles so and uh, all the lights will progressively come on starting at the end of the street and moving oh. down all the neon lights come on and sometimes you see couples dancing together and kids are dancing and it's just it's just like little Disney magic that doesn't cost anything extra and everybody's yeah. in it together and to me that's so special and just kind of disappearing in the parks a little bit. So. <laughs> I and love that it's, it's still there. <laughs> the river, the <laughs>
0: That's, right. That's all I got. And I don't know so the cool. words to that song. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thanks, Jackie, for that. <laughs> it's and, awesome. um, but it's a wonderful time, too. You can grab a little snack at the Cozy Cone if you want and just chill out and wait for the lights to come on. And to our family, it's always been a tradition, and it's really special. So um, I'd recommend Absolutely. that. Rick says, they, do they theme it for the holidays, too? i haven't been at that ceremony mm-hmm. in the holidays but they could the whole land is themed for the holidays it says for that they sure. theme it for the holidays the holidays it's fabulous the decor there is amazing it's all cars yeah. themed and it's it's fantastic both for spooky season and for <laughs> christmas so you know it depends on when you go um okay that's enough of my general park notes <laughs> <laughs> moving on um so with genie plus let's do GD plus first however a lot of these rides are for, not all of them, but a lot of them are for older kids. So keep that in mind as you're booking that. Um, wait to book your first lightning lane until the return windows are about 30 minutes after park opening. So that gives you the ability to do some attractions that are exclusively via standby lines for the first 90 minutes or so that California Adventures open. So you don't immediately have to use your uh, lightning lane. You can instead kind of just like wait a little bit. You can hit some rides while the wait times are low and regular standby lines and then uh, start booking your lightning lanes. So I recommend that. I will say
0: though, book and modify.
1: Book and modify.
0: Yes.
1: (laughs) Because
0: again, if you're trying to get as much in as you possibly can in a day, book it as soon as you can and then just modify it out. That's smart. You know, maybe 10 minutes later, look and modify it out a little bit because again, it could, it could possibly affect when you're booking your next one. That early in the morning, it may or may not, um, if you're getting a time that's within that two-hour window, which we've talked all about in our Genie Plus episode, but just my two cents, I always say book and then modify, rather than yeah. waiting. That is smart. Thank you, Jackie. <laughs> I'm gonna do that
1: next time. Uh, um, also, this is when you could get an individual lightning lane. Um, is only available for radiator springs racers so if you don't want to deal with the nightmare that is radiator (laughs) springs and you don't want to wait till the end of the day um then you can you know buy that first thing in the morning and and get that one Um, then you should again you should be able to get all the genie plus rides pretty easily So right when you get into the park, if you're going to buy Radiator Springs Racers, do that first, then book your first lightning lane. And here is the order which you should book based on how fast they disappear during the day. Um, Guardians of the Gate, Web Slingers, A Spider-Man Adventure, Toy Story Midway Mania, Soarin' Round the World, Monsters Inc., Grizzly River Run, Goofy
0: Sky School and then Incredicoaster. So that's the order that's fascinating to me, being someone who doesn't know a ton about Disneyland and DCA and all of that. It's interesting to me, the order of that.
1: Yeah. A lot of it has to do with capacity. So, yeah, yeah. right. And And some
0: time and all that good stuff. And a lot
1: of people don't, I mean, well, that's not true. Midway Mania is all the way in the back of the park too (laughs) so it's kind of like it but it goes really fast I was going to say Incredicoaster is all the way in the back of the park but because it has such high capacity it doesn't run out nearly as fast as the other ones so that's why it's at the end Um, but Guardians goes pretty quickly especially when it's themed for holidays Um, so keep that in mind and Web Slingers used to be an individual lightning lane and they changed it to just a lightning lane so it's kind of a a popular one um if you choose to not purchase your individual lightning lane for radio springs racers you could go there first um or otherwise start at guardians of the galaxy mission breakout if you've got small kids and they're not gonna like uh, a tower of terror-esque ride where there's drops in it um then go for radiator springs racers first Uh, if you're just like i just don't want to do that and risk like having a lot of lines again you can do that at the end of the day so i kind of like waffle back and forth about what i recommend for radio springs racers because i'm a little bit bitter about it now so,
0: <laughs> i, I mean, love I the ride cool, so
1: but i'm it makes me sad so it is what it is <laughs> um so then i would do the um after that i would do the non genie plus attractions in this order interspersed of course with your genie plus attraction jammery which is and Roadsters, the Pixar Pal Around, especially if you're doing the non-swinging because that line does get long. They have swinging cars that are terrifying and then they have <laughs> non-swinging, which are great. Um, <laughs> uh, just personal preference. Some people really love the swinging ones, uh, but they make me sick. But then uh, Lil- the Little Mermaid Ariel's Undersea Adventure, uh, Redwood Creek Challenge Trail, Mickey's Magic. World of Color uh, with a virtual queue and then Radio Springs Racers at the end. So um, if you have not got an individual lighting lane by that point. So um, those of you who are not familiar with California Adventure, Redwood Creek Challenge Trail you literally could do any time of the day because it is basically like a playground for kids um, to run around and enjoy and a lot of parents will run around with them. My kids are finally old enough that I'm kind of like to stay in this general area. I'll be right here on this bench and it's great. So it's good times with that. But we've
0: chased yeah. our kids for many years around <laughs> the challenge trail. Oh, I'm sure. Um, and I will mention too, and I should have maybe mentioned this at the beginning when we started talking about this, anytime you're utilizing Genie Plus, um, these lists are a great starting point. By no means are they an end all be all starting point. And here's the thing that I, I like to kind of stress to people do not go cross park to back cross park to back cross, just just to follow this order um yeah. there's there's something to be said about being aware of your surroundings and what's closest to you and kind of tweaking and manipulating it to that extent um, sure. especially when if you're you know let's say you booked guardians of the galaxy is your first ride but you're going to mater's first to rope drop you know like it's just it's a lot of back and forth so just kind of look locationally where everything is that that can be said at at disneyland as well with what we talked about earlier um look to see where things are before you get dead set on your plan yeah
1: (laughs) it's not as critical at disneyland because everything's yeah. so close together it like it really right. is not as not as important right. but i would agree there are some that are like this is all the way on the other side of the park and this is over here and you don't want to be running back and forth because they'll just get right. exhausted so but i do recommend touring plans for that because they'll take into account like walking distance um mm-hmm. and like things that are near each other and try to group them together while trying to minimize your weight as well which i think is important mm-hmm. so yes absolutely and uh may's asking what goofy sky school is that is a mad mouse type roller coaster that's outdoors that is themed like goofy doesn't know how he's like teaching you how to fly i think but it's like goofy teaching you how to fly and so he like runs into stuff it's really if you have a fear of heights it's not one i'd recommend um there's very small you get in this little thing and there's like a safety bar But it it feels like you're going to fly off the edge of things when you go around (laughs) and you're really high up in the air. Yeah, a wild mouse coaster is kind of like where you would think like a mouse goes here and then he turns around really quick and then goes over here. And then like it's like it kind of goes back and forth in like a U and it's in a really compact space. So those were around really popular in amusement parks for many, many, many years. So it's an old style kind of um, coaster and. Uh, I would say Space Mountain is like a modified Mad Mouse coaster. It's just like, it's a little bit different of a design, but it's the same kind of concept. It's like out and back. So that's what I would recommend for doing those non-Genie Plus attractions. So like I said, that's that's pretty much all there is uh, there. So you're going to do the Genie Plus ones, interspersed with the other ones, and uh, that's that's your day. And it really, you can get pretty much all of it done in a day. It's not that big of a park um but mm-hmm. if you're booking without genie plus <laughs> i would recommend book ending your day with web slingers on one side and radio springs racers at the end so those are like the big ones um then i would do probably Web Slingers first uh this is the morning web slingers then um potentially Sorin, then mater's junkyard jamboree luigi's rollick and roadsters the pixar pal around Toy Story, Midway Mania, and then the Incredi- Incredicoaster for your morning. If you're going to eat lunch in the park, um, I'd recommend Pim's Test Kitchen is probably my favorite restaurant there. But with kids, I love to sit at Flo's V8 Cafe, but go sit, as long as it's not too hot, go sit in the back of, the, of it. Most people don't even know there's seating back there. Hmm. In the very back of the cafe, you can exit, there's a door, you can go out. Sit in the back because you can watch all the cars from Raider Springs Racers mm. roll by, and it's just really fun to watch the cars go by, and it's beautiful out there. So I love sitting there personally.
0: Is it loud? Like I think of like if I were to sit outside of t- like outside of test track is really loud. Is that oh, no. one okay? No,
1: I know. I'm just what you curious mean. for my own. Very like, loud. Yeah, because <laughs> like
0: again, you talk about sensory needs like like yeah. loud sounds is are, are my kiddos' biggest sensory issues when we're in the parks. Um, so it's like, oh, I would love to do that, but wait, I need to make sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not like Test Track.
1: Test Track is super loud. It, yeah. And also there's like a road in between you and the track, so you're actually pretty far from it. It's not that loud. It's kind of like a car driving
0: fast uh, two blocks away, I think I would say is what yeah. you yeah. hear. Like, literally, I'm... my kids have stood outside of Test Track heard it and then said I don't want to go on that yeah, I don't blame them it's loud
1: but the um the the only thing that's loud there is the me- they have metal chairs and sometimes oh. people scrape them on the ground so I would say like that's the worst part sensory wise mm-hmm. of that and it, if you're at the wrong time of the year the trees do drop stuff on you but they they have an overhang part where you're not under the trees so <laughs> just choose choose your proceeding wisely based on what just the trees are doing
0: some extra <laughs> greenery in your uh, food you know <laughs>
1: It literally went in my milkshake this last time. I was oh, like, no. okay, maybe not right there. so Sad day. <laughs> the food at Flo's VA Cafe used to be a whole lot better than it is. They changed their menu and it's not as good, but it's still like good family food where most people will find something they like to eat. So I recommend it for families for that. Um, after lunch, I would recommend uh, the things, again, that like just don't have much of a weight, right? So we're going to do... Little Mermaid, Ariel's Undersea Adventure, Redwood Creek Challenge Trail, Mickey's Philhar Magic, which is a lot of people don't even know it's there, but it's there, I promise. Um, Monsters Inc. can still have a weight. I will say this with like an asterisk. That one can get really long if there's a lot of Lightning Lane people cutting in front of you. So mm-hmm. that's another one where your weight can go way up. If you feel like the line is really long for that, come back later in the evening because it's just not worth it to wait. And- for that one for a lo- really long time um you can also do the animation academy is available um and then that so that's a great place to go and then the sorcerer's workshop is in there as well and turtle talk with crush so there's a couple of activities that are low weight and also indoors if you need to get out of the heat so um after dinner it's good times to guardians the galaxy and radiator springs racers as your last thing to do so that's my advice
0: for California Adventure. I feel like I have talked for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, as we were prepping this episode, I told Kate, I said, I'm really sorry. Like I'm I'm here with whatever you need, but I am not a Disneyland person. I am slowly learning because eventually we'll get there, but I'm slowly learning. Um and I did see, I think Allie Beth was talking about taking notes. I think maybe we'll come up with some sort of graphic way yeah. to get this to you guys I feel like that which way ones to do in what um, order mm-hmm. might help be helpful yeah so we'll, we'll come up with a couple lists here we may throw some stuff in in our discord um and then pop, probably post some stuff on like our instagram stories like we've done with some of the other things that we've had um so we'll get that out to you guys here in the next hopefully by next episode let's put it that way <laughs>
1: um there's connector jackson's also mentioning the rogers musical which is happening through the rest of the summer but only till october 31st i think and that mm-hmm. does have a virtual queue right now so if you're going soon make sure you look for that virtual queue as well in your app it'll tell you when you can join there's a it's a couple times a day i think you can join the virtual queue for that two or three i think whenever yeah, we have, looked up i'd have to look it them. but um yes but it's only through the summer and then it's sadly gone because i i'm hoping to see it
0: this august because i want to see it before it disappears <laughs> yeah um and i will mention just because we talked about single rider lines at disneyland at dca your single rider options are goofy sky school Incredicoaster, radiator springs racers does have a single rider option um grizzly river run web slingers and soren which is fascinating to me that soren over there has a single rider option I don't even think I've used the single rider option there. So <laughs> well, I'm going to go investigate messed, that one. They messed around with that at Disney World for like a week. Yeah. Like three months ago. All that appeared. I don't know where everyone and has a single rider line. And everyone was like, <laughs> well, it does in Disneyland. And it was like, uh, well, it hasn't come back since. So it must not it have worked as ride. well in Disney World. Um, but so several more options for single rider. So if you're doing a solo trip. Or if you're, you know, if it's something that maybe you debated about using rider swap, maybe doing a single rider line instead and just doing your own type of rider swap might be a faster option for some of those. Um, Rather than waiting in a 60-minute queue and then doing the shorter line, it may Mm -hmm. be quicker to just do single rider lines if you are able to finagle that with younger kiddos or kiddos who don't want to ride.
1: Yeah, Um, and Christine is asking like, how single rider affects wait times. And I, I, I mean, I think it affects it probably positively because those people don't have to wait in a regular line and it's just spare seats they have to fill anyway. So that's why it's right, kind of right. a
0: bonus for everybody. Um, yeah, I don't know that it affects it terribly because it's literally just there. It's, it, it's something that they would have just sent with an empty seat anyway. Yeah. Um, so, cause I know when I've done single rider lines at like Disney world, it's like, okay, single rider here, like go, <laughs> <They're> like, yeah, <laughs> like get in keep there, up, keep up, yeah, keep up with the people, you gotta go, we got, we got seats to fill, come on,
1: <laughs> yeah, and I've done the so. single rider lines, I have, haven't tried one in Soarin', so that, I don't yeah. even know they had one, that's news to me, honestly, so I was like, oh, okay, great, straight from the that.
0: Disneyland website,
1: so, oh, <laughs> like that. okay, great, um, yeah. but I, I did, I have done, um, often the, in the, the Incredicoaster one. Um, so you line up for that, the entrance for that is if you are coming around, um, over the bridge down heading towards in, the Incredicoaster, it's kind of like there's a fence and you'll kind of see everybody line up along the fence and okay. it's, it's, it's not like the exit of the ride it's actually like just along this fence and you'll yeah. see a cast member with an umbrella and then you end up going in one elevator and then you go over and you go down another elevator and then there's a <laughs> there's the line fascinating yeah it's a very strange it's like the, the most awkward elevator ride ever yeah. <laughs> um but that's a single rider line and then i will say in Radiator Springs Racers, I usually don't, if I go in the, the single rider line and it is like past the bridge, because there's a bridge you go under, if it's past the bridge, I usually come back later because I know that's going to take a pretty long time to go through. It's hard to predict with single rider lines, but in general, that one will probably take a little bit too long for me. So if it's past the bridge, maybe consider coming back later for that.
0: And those single rider lines can really be hit or miss at any park, no matter what you're going to. Um, You know, I think about the ones that we have in Disney World, and it's like, You look at two roller coasters that we have them for we have them for rock and roller coaster in hollywood studios and we have them for expedition everest and animal kingdom drastically different single rider lines so it just really depends um you may get super lucky you may get stuck um so it's just it's hard to know especially with rides that are two seaters um you know if you get more odd seats in in things like something like soren is probably moves quicker because there's more seats that you can fill um so it's a higher likelihood that they'll have single individual seats in that particular attraction so yeah. it really just depends um and it can be kind of hard to predict but most of the time you're going to get a shorter wait
1: yeah and I would say, um, like Smuggler's Run, I have waited in that for single rider for like an hour before because it really? just they just didn't need it. Yeah, and sometimes it goes really fast and sometimes yeah, it's yeah. really long. So it's luck of the draw. It's like yeah. rolling the rolling the
0: dice when you get the single rider line. Yeah, uh, yeah. But then something like I said, Expedition Everest, you can pretty much almost walk on single yeah, rider line. Yeah, it's like that's it's always the way to go. Super fast. It's like we don't even bother if there's two of us. We're like, oh, we right. after. Well,
1: we're doing single yeah. rider.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and then like at I think of, like, Smuggler's Run at Disney World's version. I feel like that line is never longer than, like, maybe 20 minutes tops for a single rider. That was the one I waited in for a long time. Did you? Yeah. Okay. But, you know, I
1: think when it was like that, it might have been closer to when it opened-ish. And it, so it yeah. was a little bit more popular. But Right. If it gets busy, it's possible that you could be there for a while.
0: And generally speaking, those single rider lines do ebb and flow reflective of the standby lines. So if you're getting in a single rider line and the standby is only 15 minutes, it's going to be a drastically different single rider line than something that's 150 minutes, you know, like drastically different. And then just use your gut. If you get in line of that single rider line and you don't move for 15 minutes, that's probably bad news. And you should pivot abandon ship go somewhere else and and circle back around yeah yeah for sure and, and that's for any line honestly not just single rider lines but if you get yeah, stuck if, you're, in a, if there's no forward motion
1: line. just maybe just come back because yeah. they'll they almost guarantee there'll be another time of day then it gets better except for like maybe rise the resistance or something like that and i i think that radio springs racers they've been really good those cast members kind of like letting you know kind of how long the wait is for a single rider um, because you can't see how long it is from the entrance Mm -hmm. uh, which is true of most single riders anyway but um, yeah. some of them, like in credit coaster, you can see how many people are standing in line, which helps a lot for like yeah. the single rider line. Uh, but you can't see Radiator Springs racers until you physically get in the line. And I've ditched that so many times. So like, I'm just not as fast the bridge. I'm done. I'm out. I'll come <laughs> back. <laughs> well, I think that, I think we've covered it Disneyland and Disney, California adventure. Um, those are kind of my best, My best tips for how to tour it well, um, again, if you're feeling super overwhelmed by trying to figure all that out, I'm going to recommend, again, I'm not paid by them. I just use them for years. Touring plans is a really great option for uh, pre-planning out what you're going to do and then also being able to optimize it on the fly based on current wait times and rides that are down and that kind of
0: thing. So definitely Mm -hmm. recommend that. Yeah, and like we mentioned, we'll come up with some sort of a graphic for you guys to have that kind of puts these lists in front of you so you can can choose and kind of put your puzzle pieces together, so to speak, from your genie plus list and your non-genie plus list, especially in Disneyland. Um, but kind of get that guy, that oh, oh. Get that out to you. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that was a struggle. Um, but we'll get that out to you so that way you guys have access to that. so it's a, a little clearer for you. Um, and then next week, we will hop over to Florida. And we will be covering Magic Kingdom and Epcot is the plan for next week. So, Woohoo. if you want more info about doing a single day in those parks, come on back next week. So that way we can come help back you next out week. With so those. Jackie can talk. The whole time. <laughs> Hey, not the whole time you, <laughs> you have no. you have more you input <laughs> <laughs> yes it won't be it won't be the entirely kate show because we both have uh, <laughs> well, that, thanks, knowledge <laughs> when it comes to disney world but uh some of the genie plus stuff i feel like i've got a little bit of an edge on so we can you kind did. of collaborate it's on some true. Of that true i will give you that i will grant you that or <laughs> <laughs> just like help i don't know what i'm doing please send us a message reach out to us you can find us on all of the socials you can email us if that's your jam at momstreetusa at gmail.com you can find us on our discord if you're not familiar with the walrus carp pocket fam discord we are a part of that and have our own USA channel on there so you can reach out to us on there as well and links to all of that can be found in this general vicinity so yep next week we're headed to magic kingdom at epcot and then after that, I'm
1: headed to Disneyland, I think. So we'll do a chat, a little chat together. Which yes. Fun. <laughs> so,
0: yeah. So we'll so. have just a brief intermission episode but <laughs> before we finish out our three-part series on these um, park strategies. But we just really feel like something like this can be super helpful. I know a lot of people that like to do day trips or like to do solo trips or um, are maybe only going to be able to get to the parks once every two three four years so something like this can be super super helpful Um, not only that but if you're someone that gets really overwhelmed with it like i said reach out for help Um, i do help people with itineraries when it comes to that and genie plus and all of that like this i look at rides and i make lists and i figure out what you know strategy makes the most sense so if you need help with that like i said please reach out so that way we can help you make the most of your singular park day if that's your your case
1: Indeed. And Jackie's amazing at it. She is she's helping me for Disneyland Paris because I only have time to plan the rest of my European adventure. So it's like Jackie help me because I haven't been there for a long time. So
0: and it's been fun. And I think we're planning on maybe doing a, a, at least one episode on some Disneyland Paris stuff kind of after Kate comes back from from overseas so we can give you guys all some insight on Whether or not what we found was accurate, I guess, (laughs) is what it will end up being like, oh, no, that didn't work or yeah, (laughs) it worked really
1: well. (laughs) I know. We'll have to do like a one day itinerary for both of those parks over there because I think that would will. But based on your research and my personal experience going there, we'll we'll know it really well by that point. So it'll be great. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. All righty. Well, I think that's it. So um, thank you everybody for joining us for this episode of Mom Street USA. Thank you to our chat for being extra super helpful with all the little details as we uh, try to conquer Disneyland and DCA in a day each, which is really hard to do. But uh, that we gave our best advice for how to do that. Um, and next week we'll head to Magic Kingdom and Epcot. Um, and beyond that, thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Yeah, thank you guys. Have a great night. Bye everybody. Bye.